Hello hockey fans, this is Mike Chambers with the Denver Post, and this is another edition of Traffic in Front of the Net. My usual guest, Ryan Bolding, has joined me here at Fun 95 on the streets of South Glen. Uh, it's a beautiful night. We're sitting kind of out on the patio. We realize it's going to snow tonight, uh, but uh, we're having a good time. I don't know if the avalanche is, are, is. The Denver Post style is the avalanche is, but kind of when you talk about it, Ryan, it's the avalanche are. Yeah, when I worked for the team, it was abs are, avalanche is, and people didn't get that, but you guys do it. We did it. It makes sense. It's It's weird with a word like that. Yeah. Well, anyhow, Ryan, thanks for joining me again. I appreciate your insight. Ryan uh, has helped us throughout the year with avalanche coverage. And he's helping us uh, this week with the uh, uh, DU uh, advancing to the Frozen Four and and coverage of that and Kale McCarr and stuff like that. So we're going to cover a lot of things, uh, but we're going to start out with the uh, draft lottery, which just happened, and the Avalanche went from first to fourth, worst-case scenario. It's a fresh wound for Avs fans today. It's very fresh, and people want to say it's rigged and and this and that but the fact is is the avalanche had a 50 percent chance of at that fourth pick and only 18.5 on the first one and um, something's wrong i i just uh if you're the number one team and it's been proven over time that the number one team rarely gets number one I mean, it's a system that was designed, right, to not reward tanking, but it's not necessarily working in in that way anymore. You know, it's good because all these teams have a chance at the you know the top three picks, chance to move up. But it seems like those those long shot odds for those teams are more common than the high odd for the the worst team, right? Yeah. But everybody's quick to say, oh, it's rigged, it's rigged. Chicago's picking high. They had one you know one bad year, and now they're they're in the top three, but I mean, if it was rigged, Edmonton would have been picking, right? There's there's no bigger failure team, yeah. of an organization right now than Edmonton. Just you know, they've they've picked number one overall multiple times. They've they've had high draft picks. They have you know the best young player in hockey on their team, and they're still not good. There's a lot of things wrong there. If if this was all a farce, they're gonna prop up the Oilers first. You know, Chicago doesn't need that kind of help, but they'll certainly take it. With New Jersey, they're on the right track, but they're they're going to take it. And that could be the difference between losing or keeping Taylor Hall in the future. So the Devils gained two spots, went from three to number one, and the New York Rangers went from sixth to second. And then the Blackhawks went from, I forget, something They were like 13th or 14th. So the biggest jump, the Blackhawks made the biggest jump. Same thing the Flyers did two years ago when when the Avs were in the same boat. The Flyers jumped up from like 11. All right, Ryan and I were talking before I pushed play here about the balls. Why why aren't we seeing the ping balls? Why why can't we see the, the, the whole process unfold? Because as you were saying, the 15 GMs are sitting there in the room in Toronto, and they already know the outcome, and 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 it, it just seems like a stupid show. So, 
When I studied abroad in London in college, I went to the live filming of a TV show called The Album Chart Show at a, at a venue in, in London. And I'd never experienced a you know, TV broadcast like that before. So they would have, they had three artists come out and perform, but in between they would just play music over the PA and they would have us dance and jump around and then they would cut that in. And I started to realize there's a lot of TV magic going on, right? So they, they can't just go into this live for whatever reason, reactions or whatever. So these GMs, I think there's only a handful who, who are in the room you know, and and they're locked down until it's time for the show. But they the way the NHL does it is it's it's not like a you know a lottery ball with each team's logo on it. It's a combination of numbers that come up, and each team has this huge list of numbers. You remember they used to release the the list of combinations that it were required for a team to win. I just think the way they do it is not entertaining, and that's why they don't do it. But it would be more entertaining to go through and watch the balls pop up, I think. Absolutely. And no, they should just, Absolutely, you know. and, and, and the fact that the Avalanche had granted an 18.5%, a league high or a, a lottery high, chances of getting number one, but they also have a 50% something chance at number four. Yeah. And now for the second time in, in three years, they go from one to four. It takes somebody smarter than me to, to wrap their mind around this, but they have the, the best odds at number one, but really they have the best odds at number four, and that's what the, the lottery tends to reflect, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how it should go. They have a 50% chance of landing four, and they do, but the teams that move up have astronomical odds of moving up. But it's zero surprise to me. It's just, you know what happens to the avalanche at this point. I don't like the system because I don't think that it's clear enough. I don't think it's comprehensible. I don't think people understand it, and I think that's what's wrong with it. It's as transparent as the all-star selections that they make and the fan votes that they do and all of that stuff where there's never any total released or tally released, and you know, but X players made it on fan votes, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, well, well, I'm not a fan, and I think uh, I think Avalanche fans uh, deserve an explanation. We can't really offer that right now, uh, but it just number one kind of seems like the kiss of death. I know Toronto won and Buffalo won from the number one pick, but uh, it's only been won four times in the previous ten years. So, and if you look at organizations that really need that kind of help, this team isn't one of them. Right, and you're taking a a, a Jack Hughes or a Capo Caco, you're looking at a massive contract for a quality player coming down the line, and that's just more decisions on who to let go and who to cast aside on a team. Yeah, that's, but that's after their entry level. Yeah, I mean, that's three years down the line, presumably, but you've got Kale McCarr coming in, allegedly. You've got Connor Timmins. You've got Mika Rantanen needing a new, okay, new contract. But they could use a, a, a top six forward. Absolutely, they could. Absolutely, they could. Now, I think this just saves them from might, a financial, a, a massive financial commitment. They still are going to get a good player at yeah. four. I, I predict that, and you know, guys, I haven't really studied this as much as I probably should have. But I like that Dylan Cousins from Lethbridge, and uh, there's another good Canadian major junior guy um, from Saskatoon, and, and then the uh, Alex Turcott from. Uh, 
the U.S. National Development Team. So there's a lot of good forwards that are going to be available at four. Look at Ryan Poling, who plays his first game in the last game of the year with the Canadians, has a hat trick in the, the shootout winner. From St. Cloud, yeah. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was a middle first-round pick, a, yeah. a high middle first-round yeah. pick, and he was somebody on Colorado's radar, arguably, when they took McCarr. But, you know, these guys could pan out. It's it's you know it's not like top two three picks or bust, like it's there's still gems in the draft. There's still development to be done. They're still getting a good player. And I think that Jack Hughes is going to be a really good player in the NHL. But given his size, uh, I've heard throughout the league that that the Finnish kid at number two is more ready to play, and, and and he's the guy that could eventually score 50 goals in this league. He seems to be, from what I've heard from people who know better than I, the, the top pick of the draft, you yeah. know. He's he's kind of a complete deal. He, I know they're... He's are, a complete deal now, which is Hughes, because of his size, probably isn't. Right. But we know that Hughes, Jack Hughes is 17. He turns 18 next month. So he's, he's going to... He's, He's going to get bigger. And, Look and at the way Rantanen has developed. I mean, he was like Bambi on skates his first year. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was rigged. If you think it's rigged, then... I mean, um, how could you? Edmonton didn't win. That's the, the, the right. one team that needs to be propped yeah. up at this point. Yeah. So. Well, the uh, Avalanche, of course, uh, opens the playoffs for the second straight year. Uh, in the first round this year, they start at Calgary on Thursday. Um, I was booked uh, to fly out tomorrow, Wednesday at 1:20 through Minneapolis, and I kept on getting texts, texts all day, but today saying that I could, I should look at changing this. So I called up Delta, and, and, and sure enough, they quickly rerouted me 6:45 a.m. Through Seattle. Which means you wake up at what time to, uh, to fly out? Probably 4.30 and I'll wear a hat and a sweatshirt, but uh, um, not my typical travel clothes, but uh, it, it, I'll be there. That's it, an it, ungodly hour to yeah. fly. I hate it. Well, I want to I want to make sure I get there, so uh, I guess there's interesting weather tomorrow in Colorado, in Minneapolis, and, 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 and possibly Calgary as well, but... Uh, I'm sure the abs are going to get okay. The charter flights typically don't have a big problem. They fly straight up as fast as they can. I swear to you, one time we flew to New York and it was a two-and-a-half-hour flight. If uh, I didn't already mention or you guys already don't go, Ryan was uh, previously a uh, a uh, lackey member of the Colorado Avalanche PR team, and, and uh, so, so he he would uh, travel with the team charter and and all that stuff. Uh, I tell you, it ruins regular flight traveling by plane for the for you after traveling charter like that. I know it's tough, man. It's tough, but uh, I'll get through it tomorrow. Uh, Kale McCarr. Uh, I've heard of him. And Du uh, Ryan and I again were talking before I pressed uh, play here and. Kale McCarr, obviously the number one pick in the Avs' first pick in 2017, who was who was that number four pick. Uh, he and the University of Massachusetts are playing the University of Denver in the Frozen Four on on Thursday, and then I know McCarr is going to stay in Buffalo and uh, 
attend the Hobie Baker award ceremony on Friday in which we think that he's going to win. And then uh, we think that he could sign with the Avalanche as soon as Saturday. Or maybe he plays in the national championship game. Um, but I believe, I predict that he is going to be in the lineup, be in the Avalanche lineup. He's going to sign with the Avalanche and he's going to be in the lineup uh, on Monday for game three. And then Ryan threw this at me. Go ahead, buddy. I, I, so to preface this, I'm a shower thinker. I think I do my best thinking in the shower. And so I don't want it to sound weird when I say I was standing in the shower thinking, what if UMass doesn't win to DU, you know, against DU on Thursday or the national championship. What if there is business left unfinished for a, a player who could feel UMass pride? This is an organization that had a phenomenal turnaround to make their first ever Frozen Four. They're, I've been told the youngest team in the Frozen Four with the most amount of freshman players. They have a, a promising program here and he is a key part of it as the best player in hockey no i was told that umass has 11 or more freshmen and du has 10 for sure so i mean there's a possibility here and we were talking about this off mic like you said that he could stay you don't see it happening i don't he could start his NHL career. He could start making money. He's expected to jump right into the lineup on an Avs team that's up and coming and is in the playoffs. But, I mean, you don't know. I mean, it was it was kind of a big deal that he chose to stay for his sophomore year. Yeah. There's nothing saying he has to leave now. He can he can put that NHL career on hold one or two. In college besides, you know, being captain and, and, and winning a national championship, as you say, as a junior. But... You know, a professional athlete only has a certain lifespan. Sure. And he's got a certain time to make his money. And, and, and I just think that, that, that Kale McCarr has every reason to turn pro because he's going to play in the NHL immediately. And, and really, that's what it comes down to is what is his motivating factor. I've, I've covered a lot of college stuff, DU and Air Force and CC. And I've all, well, in terms of DU at least, I've never seen a kid sign and question if he was ready if he was ready for the NHL. But sure. Why sign and play in the AHL? I, I just don't get it. You might as well, well stay in college. Why don't you ask Logan O'Connor that question then? Yeah. Well, he was going to be captain of the Pioneers. I did ask Logan that and I asked his dad that and, and uh, they felt that the same offer might not be available after this season. Which I understand. For for him, I understand that. And that was, you know, I was there when he made his NHL debut, and it was a big deal. And, you know, he said, I don't I don't regret my decision to forego being a captain of the Pioneers to, to make this move. Well, I'll bet but, you he but, looks back right now, and, you know, he's yeah, not on the Avalanche he's roster. He's not on the Avalanche roster. He, he looked good in his first game, but he didn't do much. And, I mean, you're not going to do much on the fourth line with three to five minutes a game anyway, but... Kale McCarr isn't him. Yeah. He's no, the best no. player in college hockey right yeah. now. He's going to win the Hobie Baker. So it, it, what it comes down to is, do I want to come and jump into this program and be, you know, a six-seven defenseman for the playoffs or recommit for one more year at least? And we know that Jared Bednar already thinks that because right. I, I asked him last week. I said, is Kale McCarr a player that can come in and help you? 
right now in in these playoffs and he says absolutely so and i'll confess that i didn't reach out to contacts that i have to see how how close this is to a sure shot at signing him it was just a thought i had like i said in the shower where i was like chalky i went and if if you read the denver post i had a story about the pioneers out this week and i have another one coming out about coach david carl this week and it, it just struck me there that, you know, there's some unfinished business with the way the Pioneers lost to Ohio State last year, and they were happy to beat Ohio State in the first round this year. What if there's some unfinished business situation for Kale McCarr moving forward? It's, it's definitely, to say it's 100% he's going to sign with the Avs, I'd say is folly, but it's very likely. I would say everybody closest to him that wants the best for him are going to advise him to sign. So, uh, it, and I would be shocked if he stays. But uh, I've been shocked before. But I appreciate your opinion on that, and I thought it would be something good to talk about because, as I've written, I kind of have have written it like it's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, and that's the assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the piles in the Frozen Four real quick. Uh, Thursday's game starts two hours before the Avs game? Yep, 6.30 start. 6.30. So, so we're it'll be close time. to over. Yeah. They'll be a little I'll overlap. I'll be watching but. that in the uh, Calgary, uh, <laughs> the Scotiabank's Saddle Dome, the second oldest building Man, in the league. Man, is that an old barn, oh, too? That barn, but it's got a lot of character, and I like it. Um, there is nothing like walking over the ice. I haven't done that, but I've had a beer in the media room after games. I haven't done that. Yeah. I didn't experience that. Yeah, because you you guys are, are, are already out of the building. I'm already drinking beer on the airplane. Right. Yeah. But they, they after, after the, the uh, Flames coach has his presser in the media room, they uh, open up the uh, beer stand and back, and it's the same guy every time, and he knows exactly if you're legit, you know, he's going to give you a beer. And, and uh, I, of course, I like beer, and, and uh, I like talking about beer. Who doesn't like beer, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous that this is something I didn't know was a possibility. I, I, I can say that I played the 50-50 raffle in Calgary because it's like a $20,000 tax-free pot. You know, any Canadian city, the 50-50 raffle is something you got to hit up. You know, last... Last year in Nashville, Nashville was coming off their Western Conference run, um, and they had a great crowd for games one, two, and then the other game, uh, game, game five. But five. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a Canadian crowd, especially in the playoffs. Oh, the Red Mile, it's going to be insane there. Oh, insane. It's going to be insane in Calgary. And it's going to be a lot of fun, whether you're the home team or visiting team, whether you're the home media or visiting media. It's just, it's 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 Stanley Cup hockey, man, and the old town Canadian market in an old building. I'm pretty pumped. It, it, I thought about it today when I had a couple hours off and I went and skated. And I said I was so jacked for it, um, but then I, I had kind of the best day of my life because I played hockey and I was a D partner with Michelle Goulet. And uh, I was sitting there thinking, how lucky am I? And Michelle is actually a Calgary scout now, uh, former Avalanche GM. I didn't, he's, he's not with Calgary anymore. 
Uh, he was with Anaheim formerly. Okay, he's with Calgary. Now he's with Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, and he said he might go up there for game five. And he is a Nordiques legend. And Hockey he, Hall of Famer. He, Hockey Hall of Famer. He's a great guy. I was saying before the podcast that I say I make it a point to say hi to him every time I'm in the press box, whether I was with the team or filling in for you this year. And his, he has the firmest handshake and just the biggest hands. He could th- throw down in his day. He could probably break your hand in a handshake. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. He, he's uh, Should have he, been GM. Should have been GM. Of the Avalanche. After Pierre Lacroix. Uh, there was a falling out there. but uh, Almost a coup. You know, it's, it's too bad that there's a lot of Avalanche fans who don't know who Michel Goulet is because his uh, jersey hung from that old Quebec Pepsi, Pepsi Colise. I don't know even know if it still stands. I don't know. I went there. I was there. I got to. They built you the were new there. Building. Yeah. We were both there when the Avs played Montreal in the preseason. The preseason. That was my first year with the Avs. I'd barely been there. That was like my third week with the team, and I brought one suit on that trip, which was a huge mistake given the shenanigans that happened in Montreal and. And, and moving on to Quebec, but it was really cool to experience that building for once. Yeah. Well, Michelle, again, he, he's got Calgary ties now, played hockey with him. Today he's, he might go to game five. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I had have had a really good day uh, playing hockey with a hockey Hall of Famer like that, man. The it, closest I've come is I almost convinced Joe Sackick to let me dress in goalie pads I, so he could warm up for the outdoor game, the alumni game. I almost, Craig Billington, like, he wasn't going to make it that day, and Joe wanted really? to practice, and I was like, I might stop one or two. I'm just saying. But you normally skate out, right? I do. Oh. I played goalie one year. I can do it if I need to. Little known fact that Ryan and I, are, our, 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 our combination, our, our partnership, I think we're probably the only uh, major Denver media that has actually ever played the game. Yeah. I, you at a better level than me, for sure. <laughs> but I, I will toot my own horn and say my team did just win our beer league championship a couple weeks ago. We all end up in the beer leagues. Yeah. We all end up in the beer leagues. And even Michelle Goulet, he ends up in the beer leagues, and that's where we play today. But uh, anyhow, the... the uh, I think we started wandering on this level because we said that, or I said that I'm going to be watching the DU game at yes. 6.30 in Calgary. But uh, certainly Thursday is going to be a great night. It's going to be a, a great night for Denver hockey. I hope the Avalanche fans embrace the DU uh, accomplishment of making it to the Frozen Four with <laughs> the fourth youngest team in the NHL. They have 10 freshmen and, they, and three seniors. And they lost five. Get five guys early. Five to, guys early to NHL contracts and last the, year. I mean, the goalie playing right now, Philip Larson. He's a Red Wings prospect. He missed nine months with an injury. He was with Tri City in the USHL, and he got hurt, and he missed nine months. His first game was against Providence, which is also in the Frozen Four, in November, and he's got two shutouts. He's looking to chase Corey Snyder's record from 2006-2007 for three shutouts in the, the whole tournament. Um, I couldn't find any information on consecutive shutouts in, in the guidebook, so I don't know where that goes. And, you know, not to jinx him, but they're playing a young UMass team, but a good UMass team. And Larson told me he thinks it's 25% 
chance of victory for every team left. Like it's it's anybody's game yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great Frozen Frozen Four. It's going to be a great first round series for the Avalanche. Uh, All I want is Providence not to win. Because Tim Army is a big Providence guy, and I had to hear all about it last time Providence won right. when he was an assistant. Right. So, well, I'm rooting for the Pios. I don't cover them much anymore, so I can be a fan, which is kind of cool. Hey, we're gonna My wrap it up mater. here. I gotta, I gotta, I got a soft spot for the Pios. We're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, I'm Mike Chambers. He's Ryan Bolding. This is traffic in front of the net. Thank you for listening, and hopefully we can do this. Uh, Later on in the series, in the next series, Ryan. When you get back from Calgary. Thanks, buddy.